2: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Maddie Bolaño in San Francisco, and here are some California stories we're following. The state Supreme Court ruled unanimously that PG&E does not have to pay damages to thousands of customers in Northern California for the harm they suffered from power shutoffs during the Kincade Fire in 2019. The lawsuit claimed PG&E failed to properly maintain its equipment for decades, forcing the utility to shut down power grid lines, and as a result, customers lost electricity, food and water, and businesses lost money. In San Francisco, the city is on track to miss its deadline to reform how the city approves residential development. That's according to the San Francisco Chronicle. This could cost the city local control over how projects are permitted. San Francisco has until 2031 to build 82,000 units to stay in compliance with state housing laws. And a surprise inspection by a federal watchdog agency has found more than half of immigrants in border facilities in the San Diego area were detained for longer than the standard three-day limit. As KQED's senior immigration editor Taiki Hendricks reports, that includes scores of people held for weeks.
0: Border holding facilities are meant for very short-term custody, but when the Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General made unannounced visits to five San Diego locations in May, investigators found hundreds of migrants had been locked up for far longer, including a few held over a month. The facilities did meet standards for food, hygiene, temperature, and medical care, but inspectors documented men sleeping shoulder-to-shoulder on floor mats under mylar blankets. They said most were asylum seekers awaiting screening interviews or appeals to an immigration judge. Investigators say border officials agreed to tackle the backlogs, which they blamed on the high influx of migrants. But the inspections took place at a moment when migrant numbers had dipped, and they've climbed much higher in recent months. So it's not clear whether prolonged border detention is still the norm. For The California Report, I'm Taiki Hendricks.
2: A highly anticipated and controversial new program championed by Governor Gavin Newsom will begin in L.A. County on December 1st. Care Court will allow family members to ask a judge to step in with a treatment plan for loved ones living with severe and untreated mental illness. L.A.ist mental health reporter Robert Garova has more.
1: The basics of Care Court are this. People living with a serious, untreated mental illness like schizophrenia could be referred for a court-ordered, voluntary care plan that could last up to two years. The petition could be filed by county behavioral health workers, first responders, and family members. I would have had my petition done by the first day. (laughs) That's Berkeley resident Mike Estrada. For years, he struggled to get help for his mother, Josie, who lived with schizoaffective disorder. The experience exasperated him so much that he produced a one-hour documentary on her story. In 2007, my mom began experiencing hallucinations. During acute episodes, she'd hear people inside the house. Estrada says the voices would often tell his mom not to take her psychiatric medications. For more than a year, Josie lived out of her car after her erratic behavior got her evicted from her apartment. Time and time again, Estrada would plead with first responders to hospitalize his mother. But oftentimes, the people supposed to help would be hamstrung by a lack of psychiatric beds and what Estrada sees as overly strict criteria for hospitalizing someone against their will. As a family, it's just constant slap in the face, constant disrespect. In the meantime, our loved one is suffering and deteriorating before our eyes. Estrada is hopeful care court will give families like his more leverage to get loved one's help. But there are concerns about whether the county's behavioral health care system will have enough staff to meet the need. In June, LA County Supervisors voted to expedite hiring for CareCourt. Dr. Lisa Wong is Director of the LA County Department of Mental Health. She says supervisors are right to be concerned.
3: We've been having this unprecedented demand for mental health services in our system, right? So we know that the system is stretched,
2: and we know that, you know, with CareCourt we're going to be working with some really high-acuity individuals.
1: While Wong says hiring has improved this year, it's still a major stress point for her as the county works to bring thousands more behavioral health beds online. And Wong points out the initial petition is just the beginning.
3: What happens when that person has to go into treatment, and how do we keep them engaged?
1: Some of that help will come from the new Independent Defense Counsel Office, or IDCO, which is separate from but administered by the Public Defender's Office. A new panel of specially selected contract attorneys will work with an estimated 1,900 respondents within the first six months of CARECourt. Marco Sines is IDCO's program director. It will not only be there to represent the client's legal interests and protect their civil liberties, but also to serve as a facilitator and an encourager and supporter throughout the treatment program. Sign says those lawyers might encourage respondents to follow through with treatment, but they'll also work to hold the behavioral health system accountable in providing services. But the success of CareCourt will ultimately hinge on the participant. Under the statute, the respondent, can walk away at any time. It's completely voluntary. It may be voluntary, but civil liberties groups continue to warn about stripping of individual rights. If the care plan fails, the person could be hospitalized or referred to a conservatorship. That could mean forced treatment down the line. Mike Estrada says he would have been okay with conservatorship for his mother, who died in 2019. I wanted her to have some chance at voting her life back and there was no way it was going to happen without her being stabilized. CareCourt has already launched in seven counties across the state. All remaining counties have until December of next year to implement the program. As it continues to roll out, Estrada says families like his should be allowed input in the process, and he wants to see counties held accountable for making it work. For the California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles.
2: According to California Health and Human Services, as of early November, there were a total of 80 care court petitions statewide. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, November 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Mavi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
0: Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery, on the web at schmidtocean.org.
1: Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member